Hello and welcome to Wealth of Knowledge. I'm your host, Antonio Barbera, and today we're tackling one of the biggest professional challenges out there, how to do well in a job interview. Public speaking is often rated as people's number one fear, ahead of things like fear of heights, fear of insects, even fear of death. And so imagine the fear of public speaking with a career, a salary, and your future on the line. To help address the stresses and difficulties of the job interview, I'm joined by two career experts. My co-host this week is U.S. News careers reporter Rebecca Koenig. Rebecca, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And our guest this week is Mark Senadella. Mark is the founder and CEO of Ladders, Inc., a 100K-plus career site focusing on both jobs and development. And he is the author of Ladder's 2019 Interviews Guide, as well as the largest career advice newsletter in the United States, reaching an audience of nearly 10 million weekly. Mark, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I want to look at this topic of interviewing for a job from three stages, uh, preparing for an interview, executing the interview, and what to do post-interview. So let's start with preparation. I suppose... Prepping for an interview starts when you apply for the job, but more specifically when you get the email or phone call to schedule a phone interview. So, Mark, what should an applicant be doing to prepare once that first phone interview is scheduled? What is the common line of questions for that stage? So, uh, once you get an interview scheduled, what your, your real goal is that you need to realize that an interview is an opportunity for you to impress on a future employer your suitability for a job that they have, that you feel you'd be good at and might enjoy doing. Uh, so everything about the interview is, well, how do I take the interview and move it to being an offer of employment? Uh, with that, you say, okay, everything I do once I get an interview notice uh, has got to be around, well, how do I get an offer? I can decide later if I want the offer or not, but my goal is to generate offers. And so the way the goal to generate offers and the best thing for you to do is right out of the gate, uh, Try your best in every interaction with HR to find and uh, the hiring manager to find out what are the three most important things for the success in this role. Now, the amazing thing, uh, and it might not amaze you too much, but the amazing thing is when you ask HR or the hiring manager, they will tell you. When you say, hey, Rebecca, or hey, Jonathan, I'm uh, interested in this role. It sounds terrific. I'm excited about the interview. What are the three most important things for success in this role? First off, they'll often be pretty impressed that you decided to think about it that way because you're thinking about it from their point of view rather than from your own point of view. But they'll tell you. And they'll tell you, look, what we're looking for is somebody is, uh, who's a visionary, who's uh, going to expand our product line and get us into new markets. Or they'll tell you, we're looking for a controller who can really uh, buckle down on our numbers and make sure that we get all of the... Uh, T's crossed and I's dotted or whatever it is, they will tell you what those three most important things are. And that is the most important thing to do when you first get an interview uh, notice. Do you find there should be any difference in preparation between a phone interview and the in-person interview? How does the, the line of questioning change between those two interviews? And is there something you should prepare for ahead of time? Uh, so hu- it's a huge difference just because the in-person interview has all of the advantages that uh, face-to-face contact throughout the ages has had. Um, A phone interview is most often, although not entirely in this day and age, but most often a prelude to an in-person interview. Um, To the extent that the phone interview is just a prelude or it's a 15-minute screen, 
a screening call. Your goal is simply to get to the in-person interview. Uh, in some cases where it is the full interview itself, then you should just treat it like it's the full interview. For that in-person interview, as you mentioned, there are the benefits of in-person communication, but there are also kind of the confusing aspects. And one of those is what to wear. How should you present yourself when you show up in person to talk to the hiring manager? Yeah, so that has changed a lot. The advice on that over the last um, five years, it used to be that you could never go wrong with a coat and tie or pearls and heels. That was the standard advice probably handed down to you from your uh, grandparents. Uh, and that is no longer true. Uh, with our modern business casual society, uh, where seven out of 10 of the CEOs of the uh, 10 most valuable companies in the world don't wear a coat and tie day to day, what's expected in an interview has actually changed. And so my advice for these days for 2019 is dress upscale, not out of scale. You need to find out what is expected at the office and what is the current norm at the office. You want to dress one level higher than whatever the norm in the office. If the office is typically, you know, ripped T-shirts and shorts, then maybe showing up in a clean T-shirt and jeans is considered, <laughs> you know, appropriate enough. If the office is uh, sometimes coat and tie, then yeah, you should show up in coat and tie. Uh, you want to be one step higher than whatever the office office norm is. Uh, it used to be, please show up in coat and tie regardless. Yeah, you can never go wrong. That's no longer the case, and particularly in a, an environment where uh, companies are looking for people who are flexible in their thinking and have an ability to um, uh, do well in a modern environment, the fear is that the person who shows up in coat and tie doesn't quite understand or pick up on social cues in the right way. So now before we get into the sort of classic interview questions, I want to give you one last one last opportunity here, Mark. Any other best practices in terms of the preparation phase for an interview? Uh, yeah, you're just limiting me, limiting me to one. I, I can go on for uh, forever. So <laughs> Your golden rule. <laughs> sure. So the, the thing that you have to realize, look, I'll, I'll, sound, I'll sound like your grandmother. Um, make sure that you wear something comfortable, that you have enough to eat, and you've figured out where you're going to get yourself properly beveraged in the morning. Uh, it sounds totally obvious. Uh, you'd be surprised at the number of people who kind of show up. I didn't have breakfast. Oh, my gosh, I'm in my third or fourth hour of a uh, day of interviews. I didn't realize it was going to go this way. Uh, or alternatively, uh, I really, really need my, you know, Starbucks Frappuccino in the morning. But, <laughs> wow, the whole nothing in the office has anything. They don't have any coffee available. Why, why is that? And why am I going through caffeine withdrawal 45 minutes into my interview? Figure this all out in advance. You're going to strange places to sit in tiny, boxy little rooms to be interrogated by people you don't know with questions you're unaware of in advance about a job you don't have. That is a highly anxious situation to be put into. So to the extent that you can control your biology, you can control your physiology, you can control um, uh, what you drink and, and, and how much you can manage your personal environment, please do. So now we've gotten the coffee, we're dressed comfortably, we're inside the room ready to be grilled by one, two, three or more people. 
So I want to get into some of these most common interview questions. And the one I think people have a lot of trouble with is I think one of the most common, and that's just tell me about yourself. I think people spend either too little time on this or way too much time talking about their experience starting out as a five-year-old and then through elementary school and through high school. How do you suggest answering this very, very common, oftentimes the first question you'll be asked in an interview? Yeah, again, the, the goal of an interview is to get a job offer. Uh, you can decide later whether you want to take it or not, but your goal is to get an offer. Uh, if you think about it that way, you've got 30 or 45 or 60 minutes in which to persuade whoever you're speaking with that they ought to make you an offer. So uh, to a certain extent, the questions that they ask are uh, only relevant to you to the extent that they help you get an offer. You know, if you ever watch... Um, the stars, the celebrities go around on TV when they're doing a new book or a new movie or a new show, you'll find that they've got kind of this set group of answers that they answer every time about how do they feel about doing it. You know, Lady Gaga got made fun of a little bit for this uh, at the Grammys, um, talking about A Star is Born. If there are 100 people in a room and 99 don't believe in you, but one does, that's enough. And she said it over and over and over and over again. And Lady Gaga is very talented creative person, it's not that she couldn't think of different answers, it's that she and her team decided that was the right answer for whatever reason. Same thing for you. Uh, you want to think through what are the right answers that you want to give. And so what you start with is, what are the three most important things in the role? And then how do you fit into those three most important things for the role? So when they ask you, tell, tell me about yourself, you say, I'm excited to be here because I understand what you're looking for in this role is... A, B, and C, and I got I to gotta tell you, I believe that uh, I bring a lot to the table in terms of D, E, and F that directly address those, and I would love to spend the next 30 or 45 minutes with you talking about how those match up. That is the right way to answer the tell me about yourself question. Moving on to another extremely common question, why do you want to work here? Uh, how can a job candidate differentiate wanting a specific type of job from wanting a specific type of job at that particular company? I mean, look, the, the, the modern trade-off in uh, employment is uh, you, the company, will provide me with uh, a space, a role, a title, a bunch of duties, and some tasks to complete throughout the year in exchange for giving me a paycheck and a bunch of benefits uh, and career growth in, in, some, uh, in some manner. Uh, I mean, the, the, the angle to answer these questions is to say, look, I'm looking for career growth in my career. You guys are looking to get ahead in this uh, particular division. Uh, I think I can help you do what you want to do. I think this job can help me get ahead in doing what I want to do. And overall, I'm, and you can fill in the blanks on how your level of excitement about uh, the uh, non-specifically job-related items of that company um, are. I'm super thrilled about the culture, or I'm enticed by the educational advantages, or I'm intrigued by the mission. Whatever it is, you can fill those in um, to answer that question. Rebecca, I'm going to ask you the next one here. What is your greatest weakness? I think a lot of people aren't sure how to treat this question. You, you, know, you want to be honest, but you also don't want to eliminate yourself from contention for the job. So what are, what are you know, what's, what's a way to answer this question? We ran a story about this recently, um, and I think the advice was pretty good. There are five things to remember here. Um, your answer should be credible, coachable, 
correctable, confessible, and not critical. All of which is to say um, the hiring manager should believe the weakness you are giving, but it also should not be grave. You don't want to confess to anything dreadful because that's a sure way to get yourself out of contention. But if you try to dodge the question, you will look evasive. Uh, and if you try to spin a strength as a weakness, um, it could just annoy them. So saying something like, oh, I work too hard, it's my biggest weakness, will make you seem really insincere. Um, and that does not make a good impression. So one piece of advice would be to come up with a mild uh, learning opportunity that you have had. Uh, and that's a way to show that you're answering the question. So say, at my last job, um, I encountered this problem and I realized I was approaching it in slightly the wrong way. Um, but as soon as I enlisted my teammates help, we worked together collaboratively and we were able, able to overcome it. And that's the kind of uh, experience I hope to bring to you. And that's kind of a really smooth way to be honest, but show that you learn uh, and will do the same at your next job. And end on a positive note. And end on always. a positive note, exactly. Mark, I think another very common question is how would, you know, you get asked, how would you improve our product? How would you improve our service? Sort of in the same line, how do you offer improvements without insulting the company? Uh, I mean, every product is a trade-off between um, fast, cheap, and good. Right? It just, it is. <laughs> and so uh, every, any particular configuration has it's they said hey look we want to make it very cheap um, and you know okay good but we can uh, produce it very fast or hey we want it to be top of the line quality but that's going to mean it's like super expensive uh, so I mean it's rel it, it ought to be uh, relatively easy for you to say hey I understand that you're doing uh, this high end product for the high end market uh, I've always wondered what you could do with the middle end market if you just dropped a you know, some of the um, cost of materials that you put into it, or, hey, I see that you have an entry-level product here. Uh, have you thought about doing something at the, uh, at the very high end? Um, that, that depend, you know, depending on your level. Uh, at a very senior level, this should roll off your tongue. At a very junior level, uh, simply being aware that there are choices that companies make when they uh, do product development or uh, develop their services um, will inform the range of your answers. So do you, in that case, not necessarily suggest going against the grain of what you see that company specializes in or really does well? Try to supplement as opposed to, you know, reinvent the wheel? Uh, your goal is to show that you have some uh, understanding and intelligence and curiosity about what they do. So for somebody at the entry level, um, interviewing with a rental car company uh, and Hertz asks you, hey, what do you think you're improving about our product? Uh, uh, you know, saying things like, well, enterprise allows you to pick whatever car you want out of the, uh, the lot, or how do you compare what you do to what, uh, with what a zip car does? Um, and is that, you know, partial ownership, something that you're interested in doing, just simply being aware kind of gets you all the way there up to being a senior executive where your judgment around the trade-offs actually is quite informative to mm -hmm. your ability to do the job. Uh, so the, the range of answer kind of depends on the range of where you're coming in from. So I, I compiled, maybe against my better judgment, a list of these off-the-wall questions that some companies love to ask. So, Mark, we, we sort of decided uh, ahead of time that 
I would maybe try to ask you a few of these questions and, and see how you would handle them in an interview type setting when a lot of people get these questions and, and want to run out of the room or, or don't know what to do with them. So I'm going to start with, uh, I have a list of them here. This Some of them are, are a little intentionally tricky and some of them are just more thought provoking. But as a CEO, I'll ask you this first one. If you were the CEO, what are the first three things you check about the business when you wake up? So what we're interested in here is not what my answers are, but what how to prepare for that uh, how to prepare for that uh, uh, question. Look, I mean, in general, businesses are here in our economy to make consumers happy, make employers happy, make uh, shareholders happy. Um, to the extent that you understand that and can verbalize it, that's the best way to best way to tackle it. How about uh, if you were a brand, what would your motto be? Uh, so again, I'm going to speak from this. How should you do? look when you get people asking these clever, strange questions? Uh, you know, either they've decided that this is actually informative to their hiring process, in which case you got to ask yourself, well, what, who exactly are these people? Why am I here now? And why am I here? <laughs> um, look, an interview is supposed to be about how well, can you do the job that's in front of you? When people start asking you things about what brand should you be or, you know, if you were a, uh, uh, if you were a tropical drink, what tropical drink would you be? It's, it's weird stuff, right? And, and it, often it comes from a lack of um, experience or a lack of training on their side. So I, I feel for interviewers that are asking dumb questions like this, uh, you may either decide to answer it yourself, right, the, the way you want to, uh, or you might a- ask the meta question, which is, so what types of answers do you get from that when you're talking to, uh, to interviewees? Uh, what do you like to hear when uh, people answer that? What, what, what's a no-no when, when people answer that? And just avoid answering dumb questions like that. Yeah, and, and these are, I mean, they, they seem made up. These are questions that Glassdoor has sort of uh, compiled through their services. I mean, it's, it seems like you would think they weren't serious questions, but apparently they do get asked. But I, I absolutely love that idea of, of framing it in terms of how other, you know, how would you expect others to answer? Yeah, I know everybody's cousin's brother, mother, sister-in-law was at this interview once and had this happen to him. All right, I get it. Um, and look, strange stuff does happen in interviews. No doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, strange stuff happens in life. Your goal, again, your time in the interview is for you to get, uh, generate enough interest from them and enough interest for yourself to get an offer. Anything that's related to that, you should focus on. Anything that's distracting from that, uh, you know, if somebody asks you about um, how you think Tiger Woods is doing in the latest golf tournament or how you think the uh, baseball season's going, it's fine to show a little bit of common sense and small talk and spend two minutes on that. But then you got to move it to let's talk about this role and what you're looking for in uh, in the role. And when people bring up these odd questions... And look, the classic ones that I've run into are uh, people who they've got their secret questions um, uh, like, you know, have you uh, did you wait tables during college? Uh, and they really think that that's informative about people's future success. Well, it turns out that the people who ask that are always the people who waited tables in college and uh, people who are really into brain teasers. Turns out that's people who kind of really enjoy brain teasers or people who you know, whatever it is, or ask you about sports teams. They're, they are telling you something interesting. That's what they're interested in. So, you know, maybe you can use it a little bit. But, 
again, at the core, your goal when they're getting together later, the three or four or five of them doing the interview uh, and sitting around reviewing your candidacy is for you to generate an offer or an invite back for a second round of interviews. Uh, but for you to generate the offer and the way for you to generate the offer is to find out what are the three most important things in, in this role for success in this role and then line up the success factors that are on your resume and point out how they match each of those three things. Everything else that could happen in an interview is a distraction. I will say that I've heard recently from some psychologists who advise companies on hiring, um, similar to what you were saying, that companies that are serious about interviewing should perhaps move away from these because there's not much of a correlation between how you answer and job performance. But some companies do seem to like to use them to gauge uh, a job candidate's sense of humor and to see how spontaneous he or she is, um, basically to ascertain whether this person is going to be enjoyable to spend 40 plus hours a week with. So I think to the extent possible, it's best not to show overt annoyance with, if you're presented with one of these questions. You just have to kind of roll with the punches um, because soft, soft skills are, are part of what the interview is all about. So if you show how frustrated you are, it might not make a great impression, even if it's a frustrating question. Another strange or tricky interview location to, to navigate, at least, is when you have an, app, or an interview over a meal. Uh, so, Mark, do you have any tips for interviews at a restaurant? I mean, are there s some safe foods to eat, stuff to ignore? Should you wait for your interviewer to order first to make sure, you know, what, what level this meal is going to be? Do you have any restaurant faux pas? Uh, I, I don't know of people who do restaurant interviews. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, at the high I've level... I've had to do them before. I, I, it's I, tricky. At, at the high level, I've heard of it, right? Like you're in the second or third round and, hey, let's go out and break bread. Uh, you know, it's, it's, again, it's all made up. Um, if somebody comes from a very... Uh, Relaxed family background, they're gonna, they might expect you to act very relaxed. If somebody comes from a formal ba family background, they might expect you to ask for, uh, formally. Uh, I would just tend to ask for the, I would tend to advise, just be direct. Hey, how do you want to handle this? Uh, you know, you want to order first? Would you like me to order first? Just be polite and uh, see where it goes. You've been on uh, uh, these meal interviews? I have, and it was uh, at a pretty casual Mexican food place and I very strategically ordered something I could eat with a fork instead of tacos because I did not want to spill uh, shredded lettuce everywhere. Let me just go counter. Order the meatballs. <laughs> Whatever it is, if you're at a inter job interview and they take you to a restaurant, order meatballs. If it's a French place, order meatballs. Seafood place, order meatballs. That's the pow a power move. Yeah. That's the, yeah, right. Or, order off the menu, secret menu. Yeah. CEO of Ladder says, secret to interview success, <laughs> yes. always there you order go. meatballs. That's the title of my next book. <laughs> so I often hear that interviews are a two-way street. And in addition to answering questions, um, it's wise to come prepared with a few of your own, both to inform yourself, but also to make a good impression. So I'm wondering what kind of questions you think job candidates should bring to the interview table um, either to gain information for themselves or just to further demonstrate how fit they are for yeah. them. Yeah, no, that's a terrific question. Uh, and it's terrifically true. Uh, so much of the interview process seems to be about ourselves. 
that it can make us, you know, uh, turn us into very self-centered sounding people, even if we're not. So the, it's really important that you ask questions to your, uh, to your interviewer. And I, I do observe that it's not uh, entirely common in interviews, even the interviews I do. I'll get to a point where like any other questions for me and people say, no, I think, I think that answers everything. You know, your colleagues helped out, helped out a lot. And, and I always feel bad for the people at that point because it's, it's, look, at the very least, what you could do is ask me the same thing you asked the last three people and see if I give you the same answers. And if my answers vary a lot for my three colleagues, it tells you something. Or if they're exactly the same, it tells you something. Uh, so you should never, ever run out of questions at an interview. Uh, it shows that you're interested. It shows you're engaged. It shows you're curious. Is curious. Um, it's important that you do active listening uh, during these. Uh, not that you just kind of ask a question and kind of you know, drift off, but show that you're listening and kind of interested in their, uh, in their answers. Um, in the book, I've got uh, a list of yeah, more than 25 uh, questions that you, can, uh, that you can ask. But it's, uh, it's things like, what type of people are successful here? What type of people are not? Uh, what keeps you up at night? Why did you get into this industry? Why do you stay? Just asking questions about the interviewer themselves, the business, the company, that show that you're interest, interested in that person, the business, that company as a human or as an entity, uh, it's just very valuable uh, for you to find out, well, how do they think about things? And very valuable for them to see that you're the type of person that cares. I, Mark, I want to follow up with that because it's, it's so interesting. I'm, I think a lot of people in a job interview are sort of hesitant to maybe ask too personal of a question to the interviewer. But it seems like you you think that's sort of a you should w- welcome that and that you appreciate sort of somebody being interested in your particular role at that company or, or why you as you said why you decided to stay for so long. So how sort of how do you you know draw yeah, the I, line I, I, between I, asking I'd, about I'd them? avoid yeah. I'd avoid asking too personal. But why did you get how'd you get into this industry and like well, well why do you keep staying instead of like did you ever think about leaving the industry? I mean, those are I think those are fairly anodyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions versus, you know, have you ever been fired? No, you shouldn't be asking <laughs> that. You know, what was the worst employment uh, review that you ever got? No, like that's a cheeky. But uh, top level stuff about um, uh, your interviewer's interests or their curiosity or the company's performance are, uh, they're all fair game. I want to talk about also salary in the interview phase, it's it's un, unlikely that you'll discuss salary in the in-person interview, but it's it's certainly possible that it gets brought up in those initial phone interviews. Uh, so I'll ask you both sort of your your tips on that. Do you, do you want to offer a salary range first if you're asked? Uh, should you try to get the employer to offer up a range first? Rebecca, do you want to go first? I am interested in in Mark's take since he's dealing with. Uh, people who are on the upper end of the salary scale. But I will say that almost without fail, experts tell me you do not want to bring up salary first as a job applicant, that you really want to wait to let the employer make the first move. And that if asked early in the process, you want to deflect as long as possible politely. Um, So if you get on that phone screener and an HR representative says, Um, What are your salary expectations? The advice that I've been given is to say something like, I'd rather talk about that after I've received a job offer. 
or I'd like to see if I'm a good fit first, or um, what is your budget for this position? You really want to gather information from them first because otherwise you risk coming in way too high and disqualifying yourself or coming in way too low and ending up with less money than you could have had. Um, so it's really difficult to deflect these kinds of questions. It feels rude. You're worried that you're going to get kicked out of the process immediately. Um, but if you practice it in advance, you can come up with a polite way. Um, and the career coaches I talk to say, you might have to deflect several times because they might be trained to really get that answer from you. So you have to be prepared to deflect repeatedly <laughs> until you move on. Yeah, and look, increasingly this is a, an illegal question in interviews, you know, in uh, New York City and Massachusetts and several states across the country, asking people what their uh, most recent paycheck uh, was is now illegal as part of uh, interviews, so it, it may be going away. Um, I agree with uh, the experts that you've talked to that, it, look, it's just irrelevant to the job that you're looking for next. Whatever it was, whatever trade-offs I made in terms of... Uh, commute and responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera, for the pay package I had, just is not relevant to what my market value is going forward. So, you know, I counsel people to say things like, well, I, I thought we were talking about my market value in this next job, not a last job. Uh, or I'm looking for, you know, something market, uh, what the market will bear. Or I'm out talking to people and hearing what the, uh, what the market um, currently is. Where do you think you guys are? Uh, are all ways to be evasive around that. Now, look, if you're really good, you can get, you can get, if a recruiter is really good, they ought to be able to get it out of you because uh, they're trained. Um, but yeah, there's no purpose in, in, in bringing it up, uh, bringing it up first uh, from your, your own point of view. And to that, to that point, you should be prepared with what your salary ask is going to be just in case the recruiter <laughs> is really good and does get something out of you because you don't want the first number out of your mouth to be the wrong one because that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the conversation. Correct. That's correct. Write down at the beginning of, the, of your whole process, what, what's your dream number that you'd love to get? What are you willing to leave for? And then what are you going to stay for regardless? You know, so if you're currently making 135, you might write down, look, at 175, as long as it's a good job, I'm moving. Uh, I'm hoping to get something like 145 to 165, and anything south of 150 or 145, I'm staying. So that you ha at least you have that in your head. You shouldn't share that, but at least you have it in your head. Mark, you touched on the aspect of this question becoming illegal in several states, so I want to continue on that with other illegal questions that may get asked in interviews. I mean, obviously the onus on this falls on the employer, first of all, but from a job seeker perspective, if your interviewer asks you something, you know, related to your religious beliefs or whether you plan to start a family soon, how can you professionally steer away from answering? Oh, I, I knew there was a reason that they made that a illegal question to ask is what I'd, how I'd handle it. If they're asking you illegal questions, you got to say, look, I, I know there's a reason they made that illegal. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you, you, you understand I'm going to decline to answer. Simple as that? Simple. Uh, they might not. So now look, either they know it's illegal, which is rare, but and they don't care, in which case, like, you, you should get out of there. Right. Uh, or they just don't know. Like, a lot of interviewers aren't trained. We don't train people to interview in this country very well. A lot of interviewers aren't trained. They might not know, and like, they might be appalled that they asked a, a legal question. And you're like, well, yeah, look, you know, you probably just want, 
no big deal. Just you want probably want to check with your HR department on on that going forward because that that is against the rules. Um, as you said, it kind of tells you a lot if the interviewer is out there asking illegal questions. So, what are some other things job candidates should look for during an interview? These are can really reveal a lot about company culture, and it might be one of your few chances to get FaceTime with people before you end up hired at the company. So. What are good or bad signals that candidates should look for? Are there any questions you should ask your future manager in advance during an interview to figure out whether the relationship is going to work for you? Uh, yeah. So, you know, one good signal is the bathrooms. Like the bathrooms are an area where the investment the company makes in the bathrooms is not seen by anybody other than the employees. It is a good indicator of how much they value things that are only spent on employees. The bathrooms are like disgusting and like, you know, old school and looked like they were built in the fifth, you know, 1950s army hangar. It tells you something, <laughs> right? Um, the things, uh, so the things that you want to learn about your boss, your team and your, uh, your company, uh, they're, they're all the things that you, that you learn about from interviewing from the other side. So with your boss, um, what type of work relationship do you like to have? How do you like to give feedback? What is your performance review system? How do I know when things aren't going well between you and I? How do I know when things are going well between you and I? How do you like to structure your one-on-ones with uh, people? Just asking, like literally just asking management one-on-one questions. It sounds crazy because so few, you know, it sounds crazy when I tell people to do this because so few people actually do it. But literally just ask management one-on-one questions. The things that you do as your, your first-time manager that they tell you to do, just ask your future boss, how do you handle this? And uh, it's super revealing in terms of their expectations uh, for, the, uh, for the process. Uh, in terms of the company, you know, uh, you as a candidate probably have not thought about company cultures as much as uh, you guys have or I have or, you know, HR people have in general. So it's probably tough for you to, for you to come up with uh, questions related to company culture. But just think about, you know... Uh, hey, so what is the company culture around here? Is it a star system or is it a team system? Is it, um, hey, work around the clock all days, all the time, or is it mostly kind of, uh, you know, a, a usual work schedule, and then sometimes it gets, like, really crazy at peak times? When What are those peak times? Uh, is this a place that says please and thank you and congratulations a lot? Or is this kind of, you, know ple- you know what your thank you is? It's a paycheck. If you, to the extent you can ask and feel comfortable asking, I know that's these types of things I'm saying here are, are reasonably difficult for somebody to, who's not been in a hundred interviews to ask. Uh, but to the extent you can make yourself comfortable asking these fairly innocuous questions about company culture, the better off you're going to be because you're going to find out more of the truth. And it's worth doing because once you get stuck at a job, you know, it's much more awkward to leave after a week yeah. or a month than just to figure out in advance that it's not yeah. the best place for you. Yeah. Unless you're comfortable with ghosting. <laughs> That's, that'll be another episode. Right. That's the, that is the new trend, the ghosting. Mark, I also want to talk a little bit about informational interviews. How do you recommend approaching them? Certainly there's less pressure with an informational interview, but it's still an opportunity to make a strong impression with someone at a company that you may apply to later on. 
Uh, so what sort of advice do you have, let's say, for someone who wanted to have an informational interview with you uh, about, about Ladders, Inc.? Uh, yeah, my, my, uh, uh, my hurdle for getting somebody to have an informational interview with me is I typically give them you know, one or two books related to something that, from the angle that they're coming at me from, uh, whether it's entrepreneurialism or HR. I'm like, oh, look, these two books are the books that really spoke to me. Uh, it's just that we could have something to talk about. Why don't you read one or both of them and come back to me with questions? Uh, I, you know, it's probably only one out of 20 that actually read either of them and come back to me. But mm-hmm. for me, that's been the perfect way for figuring out who's going to be interesting to talk to. Because if, you know, if a kid or a professional will read a book and come prepared with like questions around that book, that means that they're, they're willing to be respectful of my time and, and uh, me of theirs. Uh, for informational interviews uh, overall, and you mean for kids coming out of uh, college or like for anybody? I mean, I would say for anybody, you know. So, I mean, the, 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 the further, the further along you get in your career, the less formal it can be because then it gets awkward. You know, if you're 10 years into your career <laughs> and, you're, and you're reaching out to, you know, your colleague, you're at Pepsi and you're reaching out to your colleagues at, I don't know, vitamin water and... Coke and whatnot and say, I would, I'd like to have an informational, informational interview. It's just a bit awkward versus, uh, hey, I, I'm really kind of a fan of what you're doing in the business and, and what you guys are up to. Uh, we'd love to get together and just compare notes on the industry and where the industry's headed. Um, uh, is probably more appropriate at that level. Uh, so coming out of college, you, you just, you don't know what you don't know. And it's tough for you to kind of come up with uh, interesting, insightful questions. So falling back on, you know, tell me about this industry. Tell me how you got into this industry. Uh, what do people like about this industry? What do people not like about this industry? Should I get into this industry? Are all reasonable questions to ask if you're coming out of college. And now when the interview is over, it seems you can finally relax. But there's still, well, there's still a few things left to check off. But one of the big things is the thank you note, yeah. which is now... Uh, recently sort of, you know, had some controversy. I'm not sure if, if either of you saw the, yes. the story by Business Insider. That was, I mean, I think maybe an issue bigger, bigger issue was the title rather than the story itself. But the title was, I've been hiring people for 10 years and I still swear by a simple rule. If someone doesn't send a thank you email, don't hire them. So there's a lot of reasons why there could be complaints with, with such a headline. But uh, Mark, I want to get your perspective as, as a CEO should the job seeker send a thank you note? Yes. Is that a standard sure. practice? And as a CEO, how much importance do you place on receiving a thank you note or, or not receiving one? Uh, if, if it's reporting to me, I, I, you know, a follow-up note is kind of expected. Um, if it's somebody you know, more junior in the organization, I typically don't expect one. Uh, I would never go so far as the subject in that interview is like, I'll never hire anybody. Um, it would be odd for somebody who's going to report to me to interview and not follow up with a, a thank you. Look, because a thank you email is also a chance for you to reshape what the interview was a little bit more in your favor and remind all everybody you interviewed with those three things that you're looking for in the job, how you match those three things and how you're actually awesome at them. So it's a great opportunity for you to uh, restate your case one final time. Um, so it is expected. Uh, it's not a fatal error most of the time. It is expected. Uh, the handwritten thank you note is not expected. Uh, it's, a, it's probably considered in 
less formal industries, more casual industries, handwritten thank you notes are probably considered a little bit odd. Uh, in more formal industries, it might be considered, you know, expected or, or, or um, looked upon, you know, kindly. Uh, so you just have to read the industry that you're interviewing with. And then I want to ask about the sort of the dreaded follow-up email. Uh, you know, a lot of companies after the interview, they promise, we'll get back to you, you know, this week or, or by the end of next week. And then there's silence and the applicant isn't sure whether to follow up or not. So how do they balance, you know, diligence and when wanting to show that they're really invested in that position with not wanting to be a nuisance, basically, and, and yeah, accepting fo- that it's over? Follow up once a week for five weeks, uh, precisely, same date, same time, uh, <laughs> With, and just get all of the anxiety out of your head and just say, either by voicemail or by email, just want to remind you I'm really excited about the position uh, and uh, looking forward to hearing from you about chances to work together. And it's really important to not let any of your frustration or anger or nerves get into that voicemail or into that email. Uh, don't even mention the fact that you emailed the prior week, just five weeks in a row. Hey, really excited about working together and uh, looking forward to hearing from you. If they don't answer you after five weeks, you know, they're just not that into you. Uh, it's time to move on. But you've done your part. And now as we close up here, is, is there anything else that you think an applicant can do after the interview to help their standing beside what we've already touched on? So my favorite question is gold star question. Uh, came up with this something like 10 years ago. It is the question that has given more value to more people in my 20 years in this business than anything else. And that gold star question is uh, at the end of the interview, when people ask, hey, any other questions for me, you say, yeah, uh, what can I do to help you get a gold star on your review next year? Uh, now, look, it's important to do this in more kind of a, uh, a friendly, jocular Channing Tatum kind of way, rather than like a, a cringing Jonah Hill kind of, you know, uh, uh, sycophant uh, type of way. But by asking, hey, what is it that I can do to help you get a gold star in your review? Um, shows that you're interested in your boss. Show that you understand that your job is help make your boss successful and, uh, uh, and, and get ahead. And shows that you're interested in somebody other than yourself. And I got to tell you, like, just showing that you're interested in somebody other than yourself gets you so far ahead in interviews uh, these days. Because not a lot of people are doing it. Um, that, that this question has been the most powerful question. Uh, Best bit of advice I've ever shared. Mark, thank you so much for, for coming on. We, we appreciate you sharing all your, all your expertise with us today. Thanks. It's been a blast. And Rebecca, thank you for joining as well. We'll see you on the next Careers episode. Thanks. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. For more careers-related advice, please go to money.usnews.com to read up on how to find a great job, how to nail the interview process, how to negotiate your salary, and even how to navigate office culture. If you have questions about jobs, career advice, or interview questions, please email us at wealthofknowledge at usnews.com, and we'll review some of them on our next careers episode. And please like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast so that we can help get more careers-related advice to as many people as we can. As always, thanks for listening to Wealth of Knowledge. I'm Antonio Barbera. See you next week.